Welcome to The How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez, the podcast that offers practical advice and tips on how to run and grow your small business. The How of Business helps aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners achieve their definition of success and overcome challenges that get in their way. This podcast series focuses on the everyday common business issues, challenges, and opportunities that face the small business owner. So here now are your hosts of The How of Business, David and Henry. Welcome to The How of Business with David and Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And actually, we are in Colorado Springs together for the first time. This will be the first podcast we've done together. So it'll be a little different for us doing it face-to-face. We've always done it. uh, We do it over Skype with each other. So we've got microphones and we record it that way. But we're together today. So we'll see how the interaction goes. But we've got a pretty exciting topic today. One that one of our clients was talking about just two days ago. Yeah, in fact, two, two different clients that we spoke to this week had this question, and I get this question often when I meet with clients about partnerships. Do I partner? Do I not partner? What are the advantages? It's a big topic, obviously, for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and it's an important topic we want you to think about, especially if you're considering going into partnership with someone. The phrase that I always hear is, it's worse than a marriage. <laughs> it, it can be better than a marriage, but it's worse than a marriage. It's easier to get out of a marriage than it is a partnership. If it's not going well. So we're going to give you some ideas, some things to think about, and some tips to consider as you go into partnership. But what are some examples of great partnerships over the years that you've seen? Well, some of the things, some of the ones I think everybody would recognize are, well, maybe not, but David Packard and, and Bill Hewlett. So they, they came together early on. I believe they met while they were still, they were both working somewhere as engineers. And that, that's a classic partnership example. Yeah, so that's that's the classic startup story mm-hmm. of starting in a one-car garage in Palo Alto. Back in the early 60s, before partnerships, yeah. before Silicon Valley was even Silicon Valley. So exactly. they, they are probably take credit for starting Silicon Valley, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. And, and they certainly set the path for what then Steve Jobs and Wozniak did. And that's another perfect example. And we'll probably come back to that example because that was a perfect example of where they complemented each other. And Steve knew that. Steve Jobs knew that. And Wozniak knew it as well. They were very opposite people. One was a technical guy, an engineer. The other one was a salesman, really. And then they came together in a perfect partnership. It didn't last forever, but but it was the the ignition. It was the, the start of Apple. And it was a perfect partnership in that regard. And then one of my favorites, Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry, that's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tasty example. That's right. But I want to go back to, to a story about us and how we came to partner as an example with iTopit. Uh, that was back in 2011 when we started that. And I think this, this story will lead us into some of the specifics we want to talk about on this as far as takeaways. And that is, we had been friends for a long time. We've been friends since 1991, I think it is. We had worked together in our careers we had remained friends, family friends. So there was a level of trust there that built up over many years. Um, I always respected your abilities in the sales arena, learned a lot from you. I think you respected my abilities as well. So there was that respect that came with it. And we really wanted to work together. And then there was the advantage that for that business idea, this was an untapped market. So there was the leverage of you were here and this was the great, a great market to start with. So all of those things came together. And we had been looking for, or at least talking about for several years before that, what could we partner together on? We waited for the right thing. 
but there was a lot that came before that, before we came to partner. Right, right. We had a good interest. We had a general interest in business, so we would spend a lot of time having discussions about business topics and business issues. I started the car wash probably five years before the yogurt shop. I would talk to you about issues I was facing at the car wash. Right. And we had a general, you know, general interest in business, and so mm -hmm. that was one of the other catalysts, I think. But I think you're right. We trusted each other. We knew each other. Um, there were some other advantages, and we both like partnerships. So right. That's yeah. one of the subjects we're going to talk about. Yeah. So let, let's start with that, David. Why, why partnerships? And, and like you, I'm a person who I've come to now after years of being a business owner and have given this topic a lot of thought and have given other people advice on it. I've come to understand that I work better in a partnership. Not everybody that's the case for, but for me, and I think for you as well, we work together with other people. Right. And since we worked in a corporate environment, I think we worked in teams. One mm -hmm. of the advantages of being in the technical sales arena is we always developed teams as we went and sought opportunities. So we were sort of used to working together with people. Yeah, that's a good point. And bouncing and, ideas off each other. And we both got to work in highly productive teams, and that we really enjoyed that, didn't we? Right, yeah. right. So I, I think in a part where we're trying to replicate that, but it's much more complicated than that because I can always quit my job or move to another team. But like you said at the outset, a partnership is a lot more tightly bound. So there's various reasons why people partner. There's financial reasons. You might be looking for that partner to bring in money. Okay. There's expertise. Uh, so in the in the iTopit experience, for example, I had a bit of expertise in the restaurant industry. You had the expertise and know of the lay of the land here. So we blended those two things. And then I think we were friends. So I think friends and family often want to come together. That's not always the, the only reason that that's a good reason. Sometimes that can lead to trouble. Um, in fact, I've always been advised is don't go into business with your friends or your family. But I've done both and I've had success and failure with both. So I don't know that that's necessarily a showstopper. I think it still comes down to some of the things we're going to talk to, talk about that you need to to execute on to make sure you prepare for as as productive as possible of a partnership. So one thing we ought to talk about is financial partnerships because yep. I think that's pretty important. There's a lot of people out there mm -hmm. that have excess capital that are not necessarily looking to invest it in traditional methods. Right. Doctors are a good example of right. that. So they might be making. 500000 to a million dollars a year, they're looking to put their money in other places. They want to make good money off their money. That's right. And so there's a lot of people out there looking for places to put money. They don't have the ideas. They're too busy to be involved in business, but they've got capital that they want to deploy. Right. And they want, they want their money to grow. Now, typically those people are going to want a piece of your business, meaning a, a portion of the equity of your business. And right. so you're going to have to be comfortable giving that up. As far as why you would take on a silent partner, as we typically refer to that, is because you don't have the cash or you need more cash than you have. You may not be able to borrow the total amount that you need. So that's a good way to get funded is by bringing in a silent partner. Uh, but again, it, and we'll speak to this in a moment, you got to make sure that that's understood up front that, that in an agreement and in, in writing so that everybody understands what their role is. But that, that's certainly one way I see a lot of people starting a business is by leveraging that partner's financial resources. Right, and typically they don't want to be involved in the business, but they do want a ownership part. But sure. You can structure that lots of you different ways. You can structure it different ways. Now, the people who, are, if you're putting, if you're asking for a significant amount of money, then they may want some oversight in the business. 
And that's where it can get tricky as well, right? If you have someone who is expecting to be a bigger part of the business than you thought, so here you are running your business and then they come in out of the blue and start trying to dictate how to do things or what to change or what to add, that can get really uncomfortable. So that's why you have to make sure you've spelled that out up front. So what are some other reasons why you go into partnership with someone? Well, we touched on expertise. So I'm uh, working with a client now, for example, who they've got the sales and marketing side of it. They've got the idea pretty good about uh, putting together the launch plan, but they don't have the technical expertise, the development expertise. In this case, it's a technical application that they're looking to launch. So that person that I'm advising is looking to partner with someone who will bring that side of it. And so that's a good example where, you have, where you're complementing each other on expertise. One person might have the sales expertise, the other one might have the technical expertise, like we talked about with Steve Jobs and Wozniak, that was at least initially the case there. Okay. So that happens, I see that happening a lot. And then when you talk about time, what are some issues you look for people that have time or don't have time? It depends on the type of partnership. You know, in, in our partnerships, we've always looked to make sure that we put it in, in equal effort um, because that's important. It, certainly you have to define that very clearly so that you don't have misunderstandings later so that you don't then uh, have people feeling like they're not putting in their share, you're putting in more effort. So all those things need to be hashed out up front, I think. Uh, but yeah, there could be time. For example, my first business, which was a, a pizza franchise, I kept my day job. So my agreement with my partner was I put in the money, I, I had the idea, but he, my partner, had the operations expertise and so we paid him to run it during the day. So that was our agreement. And we talked about that up front. And it's not that we didn't have bumps along the way, but that's how, so I was leveraging his time and operations expertise in that business, but he didn't have any money to put in, so that's how we partnered. Okay, yeah. good, good. And we talked about that we enjoy partnerships probably better. We, we would rather be in a partnership. And when I say a partnership, an active partnership. Yes. Because there's different types of partnerships. Yes. We would rather have active partners involved with us rather than go solo or go with silent partners. Yeah, and wh why do you think that is for us? What, what do we get out of that? I get a certain amount of security. So for me, it's uh, minimizing my risk. Mm -hmm. It's bouncing. I love to bounce ideas off people. I always don't. I always think I don't have the best best idea, or I don't think I've got the right answer, mm -hmm. and so I always want to bounce ideas off of people, and kind of get their perspective because I take time to formulate my decisions. I'm not a person that makes snap decisions and then feels 100 percent confident about my decision and I'm going to go forward. Mm -hmm. I want to get gather as much information as possible. I'm a high fact finder in my Colby score, so I want to get as much facts as possible before I make a decision. And having a partner that is also has a vested interest in what you're talking about, I believe makes a makes it better makes it better for me. Yeah. How, how about you? What what is it about? It's similar. I make decisions faster, but for me, it's so valuable to have someone I respect. That's the key thing for me. I have to respect the person. I have to feel like they have been in the trenches with me, um, and then it's extremely valuable to me to just kind of. Make sure I'm, I'm making sense. Uh, to, sometimes it's to rein me in, um, and sometimes it's the opposite. But that's, that for me, it has to be someone I respect, and then I feel like I'm, I can really expose the idea to them, 
and trust their feedback. So there's got to be a there's got to be synergy. Yes. And how do you identify synergy? How would you say there's synergistic there's synergy within a partnership? What would be some attributes you would define to that? I think I think that person that other person has to also be putting in equal amount of effort into understanding the industry, the segment, the operations. In other words, you have to be as deep into it as I am. Otherwise, I'm going to start to lose the value that I see by of running an idea by you. If you all, if all I'm coming to you is to, to because you feel like you've you've mastered this or you're you're a guru in this area, I might get some value out of that. But I get more value out of someone who's equally in the trenches with me, thinking about these things day in and day out. And that way, when I go to you, we're on the same wavelength. And I get a lot more value out of that. And like we're speaking the same language, right? I don't. I, I can just say it to you very quickly, and you get immediately where I'm going with this, and either rein me in, or or point me in another direction, or tell me why you think that might not work. And that's a problem I have with silent partners who mm-hmm. want to voice an opinion. Right. I just don't have any respect for it because if you're in the trenches and you're doing it day to day to day, mm-hmm. they might have an idea. You have to listen. Sure. But I typically don't respect their opinion. You don't. You don't. Because they, they don't know what they're talking about. That's right. That's the way I feel. Yeah. Same. yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't get advice or bounce opinions of, of, off of others, mm-hmm. but I still come back to it's others that whom we respect because we respect their intellect, we respect their thought process, we respect that they have an overall knowledge of business, and so therefore they can give us that other perspective that that's valuable as well. So it's not always just people who are in the same trenches with us but it's people who have been in their respective trenches. It's people who have done it before and who are good at listening and trying to give you positive and constructive feedback. Right. The thing I will not go to, I'll go once to someone who's a negative person or is always looking for how it won't work, I shut those people out. Whether that's right or wrong, I shut those people out. Right. Yeah. right. So since we're on that topic, let's just keep going down the list of what we identified as why we see when partnerships are successful, when they work. We tr- we've touched on trust, uh, so we have to trust each other. We have to trust each other's opinions and experiences. Respect, I think mm-hmm. we've touched on that, right? So we have to respect each other. Compromise is another one. So in a partnership, uh, you're not always going to get your way, and that's a good thing, I think, don't right. you? Right, yeah, I would agree. You've got to be willing to compromise. Right. If you're not, because you're not always going to agree right. 100% of the time. You're going to go, you know what, I want to trust you on this one. We're going to go with your decision. Right. There are things I don't feel strongly about. You might feel very strongly about and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So if you sense I feel strongly about something, I feel like I've got a good handle on it, you might not. That's right. Then you might just go ahead and defer to me. Now, sometimes we're going to feel both feel very strongly about something, and we're going to have to work through that. That's and right. it might take time and numerous discussions to get to what we think the end result should be. That's right. But it's, it's almost like we've developed a vocabulary between us, exactly as you're saying. And, and we've learned how to articulate, I feel strongly about this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep pounding on that. Or I don't, I'm going to take your lead on this. And so we, we've been good at, there's very few times where we where clash and say, oh boy, we are complete opposites. And if we do, we have real frank conversations that sometimes even get heated or emotional. And then that brings us back around to, all right, what makes sense here? And I think it leads then into the next point very well, which is we have each other's interests in mind. Right. 
we have each other's back. And you spoke to that last week when we were chatting about yeah, this. Yeah, and I think we look out for each other. We look at what's best for the partnership. And, and a lot of that, as we start formulating our businesses, it's who's going to, you know, we're going to have an equal partnership. Is one person going to take a majority ownership? Is somebody going to take a minority ownership? And we've had that discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been pretty frank with each other if, as we start developing businesses, if one person is more passionate, has better ideas, I, I'm perfectly okay with taking a minority ownership in a business if I feel like I'm not contributing the level of effort that's necessary. That's a great, to me, I don't know of a better example of looking out for somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I've got got a friend who's an attorney. He's got a partner. He always says his partner is constantly looking out for him, always paying for things he shouldn't pay for. He's not splitting it. Things along those lines that that, that I think. Yeah, and that continues to build trust, and and that continues to make you feel safe in this partnership. Again, it it sounds like a marriage, doesn't it? It sounds like we're describing... What the things that are that are necessary for a good personal relationship, right? And that's what it is to an extent, although it is a business relationship as well. That leads then into you mentioned this point when we were thinking about this earlier, uh, effort that is shared and or recognized. You want to speak to that? So I think before you go into that, you got to be very clear with each other as far as what's your intent. So are you planning on being involved in the business? How much are you planning on being involved in the business? If you decide not, if you were decided you were going to be involved in the business and now you can't, for whatever reason, you've taken a different road in life or the other businesses you have are now taking off and you want to devote time to that, what will you do uh, to make sure that partnership is kept whole? Right. Because one thing you don't want is a disgruntled partner yeah. because they can cause a lot of angst and energy and create a lot of negative energy, create damage to the partnership. And it could kill the business. Yeah, it could absolutely kill them. If, if it's the wrong person, they can kill the business. They can kill the business. That's worst case. Best case, they'll work it, but they're going to be very disgruntled. Right. Very disgruntled. That's not what you want to go into business for. No. All right, so to summarize on what we think makes a good partnership, and, and as we said, we think it's very similar to what makes a good personal relationship, whether that's a deep friendship, a marriage, and those things we've talked about are trust, respect, compromise, looking out for each other, having each other's interest in mind. And we've been speaking to this as if it's just two people, but often partnerships are. But it can be more than two people. Um, I've been in partnership with more than two people. And then lastly, effort, that your effort, each of us individually, is shared and or recognized. So we all need that feedback. We all need to feel like we are being uh, uh, recognized and that we are uh, sharing that effort equally as we agree to. Or like you said... If something changes, that we get together again and make sure we understand how we're going to move forward. Right. Or have the ability to change it. If the partnership, if it's not working, are you willing to change the parameters of the partnership? Yeah. So, David, I, th- I think what this leads to then is the key thing that you cannot do a partnership without, and that is making sure you have very clearly spelled out agreements for all of this. Right. right? And that, that's two types of agreements, an operating agreement which spells out what each partner is supposed to do and not do. Uh, You obviously need to appoint a manager uh, to the partnership. So you need somebody, I believe, in control. So whether whether it's a 50-50 partnership, you still need a manager Mm -hmm. in some cases. Now, if you have a high level of trust, sometimes you can do 50-50 on the partnership and 50-50 on the manager. Mm -hmm. And then it really requires you to have a good relationship because if you can't agree, there's really no mechanism at that point 
to solve the problem. That's right. And you and I have just only now recently gone into a partnership where it's 50-50. Right. And we went into it with trepidation. We still have trepidation about it because right. it can lead to such so many issues. Right. Even us with now however many years we've known each other, it's not something we went into lightly. Yeah, and it's not something we don't want to risk our friendship mm -hmm. over a bad partnership. Right. And exactly. obviously when money's involved, you know, certain people get certain ways, but you hope that your friendship is strong enough that you can weather those those situations. That's right. So that agreement has to be airtight. Uh, what I always recommend is you start with a memo of understanding. That's just a fancy name for it. Bullet pointed list of here's what we're agreeing to. Here's what you're going to do, what I'm going to do, how much time I'm going to put in, what am I putting in, how much money am I putting in, how much are you putting in. All of those things get spelled out. And one of the reasons I recommend that is you've got a lot of that work hashed out before you go to the attorney. Then the attorney does two things. One is they turn that into a written legal document, the legal operating agreement. So they add all of the legalese. But the other thing that they do is they help you hash out those tricky points, the things that you need some advice on. How do other businesses address this? How, how do we manage if we get a conflict? Should we go to mediation? Should, what should we do there? So an attorney, a good attorney, will give you good advice to think about. And that way you minimize the effort that you spend on there and you leverage the attorney for what they're good at. So I always recommend you start with a, a memo of understanding that you hash out between the partners. And once you've got that 90, 95% to where you want it, and you've identified here the things where we're going to need an attorney to help us with, then you go to the attorney and you turn that into an operating agreement. And like you said, the buy-sell is key to that. Because right now, it might seem like you're going to be in partnership forever, but often it doesn't work out that way for all kinds of reasons. Right. And you need to make it very, if you're the majority owner, you need to make it very easy to buy your partners out. That's right. That's a key thing. Yeah. Either because you become disgruntled, something happens, that other person can't perform anymore. What if that person dies? Do you want to be in business with their spouse? Those are all the things you have to talk about now, even though just like with you know, uh, death planning or retirement planning, sometimes we don't want to talk about how it can go bad. You must have those conversations up front, you know, delicate as they might be, or even as heated as they might be, you're much better off either having that come to a head now and saying, you know what, we probably shouldn't partner, than to hit these things a year into the partnership and you've got money on, on the line now and you've started a business and then you try to figure those things out. Right. That yeah. doesn't work. We've heard stories of very bad partnerships. I mean, ones where you might have a managing partner operating the business, and the other partner comes in and fires people. So we've heard of horror stories Absolutely. along those lines. So I've also heard, well, we're brothers. We, we, we don't need a partnership agreement. We, we've known each other forever, and we would never hurt each other. Boy, we've heard some horror stories along those lines. That's right. We, well. we know people who have gotten involved in partnerships that don't have an operating agreement, and they go south, and then the people are essentially left with nothing. Yeah, and then, and then it becomes uh, the attorneys who feast on this, and that's not what this is about, right? Right. So those are key things. You, you, you must have an operating agreement. You must spell all this out. You must think about all these scenarios and work through that, work through that together initially, and then you must engage an attorney to make this a legal document. And, and make sure you get, just don't get any attorney. Get an get a attorney that does a lot of operating agreements. So right. you've got to sit down and say, what are we not thinking about? Yeah. What are some things that can come out in the future that could bite us if we're not careful? And let that attorney 
make some inputs on things that maybe you're not thinking about. Because if they've been in business for a period of time, they've seen a lot of partnerships. They've seen a lot of partnerships go bad. Yeah. And get their expertise on that. Agreed. So let me talk for a moment about this controlling interesting because I, the temptation is you've got a friend, you've got somebody you've worked with, maybe it's a family member, and you feel like, no, no, we're going to go into this 50-50, we're going to split everything 50-50. But the reality is that both you and I, as we've talked about already, really recommend that someone has a controlling interest. So how do you, how do you think through that? How do you determine that when, when you have people who want to come to the table together? I mean, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I think it is, but I think the person with the initial idea, mm, okay. with that's one initial way. idea and some money, mm-hmm. should probably be the person of controlling interest. There's an individual who wants me to go into business with them on an idea, and I told them, I want you to have controlling interest. Mm-hmm. I said, I think somebody's got to have to eat. He proposed a 50-50 partnership. I said, I don't think we should do 50-50. I think we should do a majority-minority. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is your idea. This is your baby. I'm going to help you build it. But it's I'm not the one that birthed this idea. Yeah. So I was very open to having them have a majority ownership. Because I think that's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, I try to figure out what's more fair than how to take advantage. And when you approach it that way, then it's more likely that that partnership is going to stay positive for the life of it, right? I would think Because so. you went into it with those right intentions. Uh, another example might be, who's going to put in more effort? Am I going to quit my job, but you're going to keep yours? So those are other things that can help you determine who should be the majority owner. And you just need 51%, right, to be the majority owner. But that's something that, that's tricky and it's important. And, and that might be something that you have an attorney help you go through those questions. But I I would say our word of caution is be very, very careful to go into a partnership that's a 50-50 situation. It's tough, and you and I have discussed it, and I don't think we're still at, we're still not 100% sure if 50-50 is the best route to go. Agreed. It it was recommended by one attorney we were working with, and it was an interesting idea, because what it does is it forces you to solve your problem. It sure. forces you to come up with a compromise. If you guys can't come up with a compromise, then you've got to go down the road of dissolving the business if it That's gets right. to that point. That's right. That's the good thing about 50-50. But you still have to trust somebody if you're giving somebody else controlling interest. You have to trust their decision-making process. You have to trust they're not going to become a tyrant in the business. You're going to trust that if it's very, very successful, they're still going to take care of you. Right. Yeah, no doubt. So we, we, uh, we were thinking about who is partnership not a fit for, and we were trying to articulate some of those characteristics. We came up with a few things. One is, if you're a person who does not seek advice, you don't seek guidance at all for whatever reason, then a partnership is going to be very hard for you. Yeah. Right? If you're a person who doesn't like sharing success or blame, if you're like the type that wants to take all of the credit and... And really, you need to be honest with yourself about that. If what you're looking for, if, if, what you're, if, if the reason you're agreeing to a partnership now is because you need someone's money or expertise now, but really in your mind, you want to be the hero in the end, only you can be honest with yourself about that, then that's probably not going to end up being a good partnership. And then finally, we, we thought of it that if you don't see value in the opinions of others, but that goes back to if you're going into partnership with someone who right off the bat you do not respect, that's going to end in a problem. If the only thing you see in that person is, oh, well, they've got money, so I'll, I'll deal with them for now, that's a, good, that's a bad way to get started. 
Right. As we're saying that, it sounds like we're just giving all the negative connotations of partnerships. There are some people that have a clear vision exactly. of where they want to go, and they don't necessarily, they, there's not a need for it. That's there's right. Just, there's not a need. And it might be personality, it might be your innate abilities, the way that you operate says you're more, you're more lean toward more being a partner rather than being a, a lone person. I know a lot of people in Strategic Coach that are lone entities. Now, they might have, a, might have their family members working for them or might have a small partnership, but there's a lot of people that are single entity, you know, sing, single individual owners of businesses. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That's a great point. I think, I think the thing is you need to think through how you really operate, how you really think, and do you enjoy working with others? And you have to be honest about that with the other person that you're partnering in, right? Do you see that in them as well to make sure that it is something that you're going into a partnership for the right reasons? There's one other point I want to make that we were talking about with our client a couple days ago is don't mistake the need for expertise as needing a partner. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can hire that expertise. So if you need somebody who has technical, a technical background, don't automatically assume you've got to go out and grab a partner that has a technical background. It might be somebody you can hire. That's right. So think about that as well. Am I looking for am I looking for something I can hire out, or do I really need a partner in this particular area? That's right. Now it also talks speaks to this term partnership can be applied very loosely. We might partner in a different way, a licensing agreement, a temporary partnership. We might come together on a development project. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I've given away equity either. So that's important to think about as well. Okay, so we're coming to the end of our podcast. Henry, if you were to try to boil us down to one or two or three things that we want our audience to think about, what would be those things? I think, you know, as I think about partnerships, and I've had good ones and bad ones, you and I have been fortunate in that we've had good ones. If I had to put it into a couple words as to why we are successful in our partnerships, It's trust and respect. We trust each other. That's come over time. And we respect each other's intellect. And I think that's why we partner well together. I think those are great examples of partnership. So the recommendation I always make is be very, very careful as you go into this. Get all the advice and help you can, typically from your attorney. So you might have an attorney that builds the partnership, but make sure you get an attorney to represent you. Because if you have an attorney craft the operating agreement, that attorney is obligated to represent the, the corporation or the partnership, not you. So in some cases, you might have to have two attorneys, get all the help you can, but really, really make sure this is something you want to do uh, as far as partnerships and, and make sure you're confident that when you partner with this person that you feel like you've got both trust and respect. Agreed. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for listening today on the How of Business, and we'll look forward to uh, having you next time. Thank you for listening to the How of Business with David Begin and Henry Lopez. We hope you found practical ideas to help you start, manage, and grow your business. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave a comment on iTunes and go by levantebusinessgroup.com and learn more about Levante's resources to help you with your small business. Until next time, thanks for listening, and go live your dreams.